We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make low-maintenance bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we had nobody coming into the showroom. So we started doing virtual visits via Microsoft Teams. We're able to see two or threefold the amount of customers we used to be able to see. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. I really think it's going to set a standard for retail moving forward. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS podcast. Derek Van Riper here with Mario Puig. It is Monday, April 10th. There are day games probably already happening by the time you're listening to this, so we're going to focus on the night slate. Uh, that's going to be the case for every Monday baseball pod that we do this season. Most of the games are concentrated at night most weeks, but with home openers this week, uh, it's a bit of an exception. Uh, really looking forward to doing this pod each and every Monday. This week, it's a five-game night slate, Mario. We've got the, the Mets-Phillies. Uh, the Cardinals, Nats, the Reds, Pirates, the Dodgers, Cubs, which has some concerns about the weather, uh, and then the Padres and Rockies at Coors. So the latest yeah. game of the night is an 8:40 Eastern start. So we're really uh, we're going to be able to get some rest this evening, I think, unless that Coors game like goes extras, which could happen given how weird things have been with uh, Coors so far this season. Yeah, and two uh, not so great pitchers in that one, particularly on the the Padres end of it. So, and uh, and on Fanduel, that that San Diego outfield is very cheap. So you're gonna there's gonna be a lot of action on uh, that game. Obviously, I, maybe more than even most Coors days. Right, and one wrinkle that comes with that, uh, Tyler Glass now forty four hundred as the starting pitcher going in the Pirates Reds game. I mean, being at home, going up against the Cincinnati lineup that is pretty top heavy. There's not a lot of good power bats in there. Glass now is the kind of guy that if he doesn't hurt himself with walks, he's the rare throwaway bargain basement cheap pitcher that I would actually make a GPP lineup around. Yeah, because if if uh, you know the eleven and a half over under in Colorado is vaguely on target last now can kind of have a bad game and still easily pay off for you uh, at 4400 it's like what if, if he goes like four innings with like five k's and uh, three walks and the rest of those uh colorado guys you're saving uh you know blackman and arenado and and cargo go off it's like those guys could get your pitcher points for you 
Yeah, I built the lineup around Glass now before we started recording, in which uh, you know none of my hitters cost less than three thousand dollars. So you could go pretty aggressive with Glass now if you want to go that route. Go that route. But uh, yeah, I, that, I, some I, of those guys are so cheap. You can also uh, go with a non-insane pitcher option. Yeah, you don't have to go to that level. I think I would have to be building three or four unique lineups before I get to one where I think the Glass now build is something I'd like to do. Uh, starting with that Mets-Phillies matchup, you got Jake DeGrom at 10,000 going up against Jared Eikhoff at 7,900. DeGrom, one of two aces on the board. John Lester, the other at 10,100 with that home start uh, uh, going up against the Dodgers. Now, are, are you interested in DeGrom? Is he your preferred arm to build around for tonight? I think he's my favorite one in a vacuum. Um, if we take price into account, I, I think... I, you and I both have talked me into Roark, I think, at 8,600 as my favorite like value, all things considered. But DeGrom, I think, uh, you know, on its face is the best play at pitcher. Yeah, I think he's the, the one I'm leaning on as well. If I were building a cash game lineup, he'd be the pitcher. But also for GPPs, I think you can justify uh, the extra money on DeGrom because of some of the soft pricing on some of the hitters that we mentioned earlier. Uh, pitching matchup for the Cardinals, Nats, you have... Uh, Tanner Roark going up against Adam Wainwright. I think Wainwright's the kind of guy you want to load up against with some Nats hitters. Uh, Roark is kind of the savvy, under-the-radar play. I like the idea of maybe making him your second pitcher for lineup number two. I think he'll be lesser-owned than both DeGrom and Eikhoff, probably lesser-owned than Brandon Finnegan, who's going for the Reds after a great (laughs) season debut, Uh, lesser-owned than John Lester, and maybe close to the ownership rate on Glassnell. I don't have a good feel for how aggressive I, the pool will be with Glassnell, but at least less than those first four pitchers I mentioned. Right. I guess I should have prefaced like Glassnell is obviously tournament only. No way. I mean, I guess you could, there's some rationale you can make for a cash game, but I think the blow up potential is just way too high. So um, tournament only with that. I th- but then it's like he might be kind of highly owned in tournaments at that price. Uh, with that said, I'm still going with one lineup of him. Uh, I should have said earlier, if that um, if the, the rain isn't an issue in Chicago, Lester's a really great play. Uh, I mean, he's 100 more than DeGrom, but the Dodgers can't really hit lefties very well. So, um, yeah, they're, they're very lefty-oriented uh, in, in their batting order, and, and a guy like Grandall is better against righties than lefties. Uh, Gutierrez is basically their band-aid against lefty pitchers, and, you know, he's he's good, but he's he's not... It's not something that Lester's going to be slow, that concerned with, probably. Yeah, going back to last season, the Dodgers uh, have the lowest Woba in the game against lefties as a team at 275. It's worse than the Phillies, worse than the Braves, wow, worse than the Orioles, which is a little bit surprising. They got a lot of right-handed power, so I'm kind of surprised Baltimore uh, checks in that low on the list. But the Dodgers' struggles against lefties are very well documented, so uh, I think there is a case to be made for Lester. What, I, what I'm a little concerned about is that I think with Lester, the strikeout potential is a tick below what it is with DeGrom. And I think if I'm looking for the big 8, 9, 10 strikeout game, I think I'm more likely to get that from DeGrom than from Lester on any given night. Fair enough. And yeah, I guess it, it also depends on how highly you evaluate the Phillies batters, which I think they're better than last year. Like they have a lot of you know young guys in there. So, um, But yeah, I'd, it's still DeGrom is like in a vacuum my favorite one, but I'd... This isn't, you know, something anyone anyone who's played DFS knows how this goes. It's like it'll be not surprising at all if Lester is the guy you wish you had. Right, yeah. I, I could see that being the case. But again, keep an eye on the weather because yeah, yeah. there are uh, storms going through the Chicago area this evening. Uh, I saw 
One early report, this was from Kevin Roth, does the weather for Roto-Grinders. Uh, it's a situation where he's expecting more of just a delay to the start of the game, not necessarily a full rain out. But that was as of like, 10 a.m. this morning. Well, that's so kind of what our, uh, for what it's worth, our weather page has that same. I don't know who writes those, but that was basically their assessment. It's like it looks like a lengthy delay. And when they, they, they it kind of spoke with a tone implying an expectation that it will happen. But then they also mentioned uh a lot of high winds to right field so yeah that it there's a lot of variables that are unsettled there yeah peter jizik does the the work for the rotowire weather stuff too so a lot of a lot of good stuff on our site with regard to uh weather information as well uh looking at the other matchups again the pitchers going in the cincinnati pittsburgh matchup glass now at 4400 going up against brandon finnegan i didn't build a lineup around him yet as of lunchtime almost here on Monday. I'm thinking about it, but if I don't do it, I feel like I need to take a few cracks at him with some of those Pittsburgh hitters. Uh, against targeting Finnegan? Going after Finnegan. Maybe not a full stack, but just mixing and matching. If there's a, a good value that I really like, you know, Starling Marte is 3,700, so maybe it's not yeah, him. But, beast. you know, Gregory Polanco is only 2,900 today. And I yeah, know I saw it's, that. It's lefty-lefty, but if Finnegan only goes five... Polanco gets some shots at the Reds' bullpen later in the game, and I think you get a pretty low ownership number in tournaments. Yeah, definitely. And and the way it goes wrong for Finnegan is like he you know gets to a hundred pitches in like four innings with six walks, and Polanco could be one of them and turn it into a steal and a run scored. So yeah, There's, that that definitely makes sense. Um, I'm trying to remember. Um, they don't really have anybody else. Who, like I guess McCutcheon, if you're going for a past glory or something. But I'm, I'm kind of creeped out by him still yeah i'm, I'm kind of with you there uh for the dodgers cubs you mentioned lester before at 10-1 alex wood 7300 i think i'm more Man. inclined to just load up righty cubs yeah. against wood uh i think alex wood like in the season-long context is sort of interesting if he gets a job this may be a one and done for him with rich hill dealing with yet another blister that is so weird by the way how do you keep getting blisters like it's it's you hear about guys with like recurring muscle tissue things but it's like oh, he's got he's got sensitive hands um anyway so yeah i i wonder if it's like a gpp thinking it's worth considering i guess going a little lower on coors than what would you know at a glance make sense because you can instead get cubs against a lefty <clears throat> at you know much lower ownership than you normally would with the cubs in a setting like that Plus, uh, the Cubs have the home opener tonight and raising the uh, World Series banner, if you will. That that may may just fire everybody up a little bit. So we've got narrative uh, theory versus Coors theory. It's, they're both compelling. Narrative versus science. What side do you prefer? Uh, do we have like a superstition that we can lean on? I guess it's narrative, so... Uh yeah, I, I prefer that. Addison Russell had a, a tweet this morning with a GIF in it, so I don't know if that is worth analyzing in further detail. Did you open it? No, I could see it on TweetDeck. I mean, what is what is the GIF? Uh, it was just kind of like a like a kid doing like a fist pump kind of motion, like he's just really excited. That's, the home openers here. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's a that doesn't really move the needle for me as a as a meme. All right. like, I mean, yeah. But anyway, he's he's excited. He's really good, and he's cheap. It's worth mentioning. Still, he's underpriced, especially for uh, 
He's been doing cleanup in a few games this year, right? Yeah, he's hitting fourth and fifth this year. Yeah. Uh, he hit cleanup only once. That was the second game of the season going up against the Cards. Or sorry, yeah. Fourth. But he hit fifth in every other game. So And he's, he's started all six contests so far as well. So I, I think he's pretty firmly entrenched right now in the heart of that order. Uh, so I think you're, you're thinking about Addison Russell for sure as, as an option on tonight's slate. The story is going to be like 44% or something. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be pretty gross. Uh, the pitching matchup at Coors... For stacking purposes, Jared Cozart, who's forty six hundred, somehow more expensive than Tyler Glass now, which makes no, no sense, sense at all. No sense. Chatwood either. Chatwood at seventy two hundred also seems a bit high. I mean, the win probability might be there, uh, but even as as inconsistent or weak as San Diego's offense is expected to be this year, Coors erases all that. Like all bets are off at Coors, and I think maybe thinking about San Diego hitters is going to prove to be. Uh, a good way to go so well, uh, margot might be the highest owned player at any position in this slate because he's he's been a monster he's in coors um and he's like what three thousand him and renfro i mean renfro's such good play too um th- those guys got some talent in that uh batting order now and and you know in the form of power against a pitcher chatwood who just isn't that good um but yeah on the other side I, I feel the need to get a lot of Rockies. As much as I like the Cubs, like to be serious, uh, I, I I have to invest in the Rockies over the Cubs, all else being equal, because I think Kozar's going to get grand slammed in this one. The guy that walks like he does, playing in Coors, so it's like maybe he can keep the ball on the ground in most contexts, but in this place, there's the negation of that aspect, but the walks are still going to be there. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking to get some exposure. It's not a fade Coors night for me whatsoever, especially with it being a small slate. There's just not enough alternatives out there to steer away from it completely. Let's go position by position. I'm leaning yeah. on DeGrom. You like Lester. We both kind of like Roark if you want to go down one. And the glass now plan is something we'll kind of talk about yeah. at the end for GPPs. Uh, but if you're looking at catcher, for me, the conversation kind of begins and it ends at Wilson Contreras. Unless we find out that closer to game time, the Cubs are going to get washed out tonight. Wilson Contreras going up against the lefty at 3,100. Uh, he's been kind of locked into that seven spot, it seems. A little bit of a uh, look in the fifth spot in the lineup on one occasion. But fifth, sixth, seventh, wherever he's hitting, the Cubs lineup turns over enough where... Catcher's thin, and I like the idea of getting Wilson Contreras in a righty-lefty matchup. Yeah, he's he's obviously just really good too, and that's that's a pretty pretty palatable price uh, for for a guy that is on a team that should score the way they should today. Um, I, I th- I'm willing to consider other guys though. I mean, gr- gr- Yasmani Grandal is better against righties than lefties, but at 2900. In a tournament, I think it's justifiable because he's he's competent against lefties. It's just that he, he kind of kills righties. But um, I like Weeders at 2,900 a little bit um, just because like, I'm, I'm kind of a Wainwright hater, I guess. Um, but yeah, if, if I can, I will fit in Wilson Contreras, all else being you know equal. Yeah, Weeders is a nice pivot. If you had to go a lot cheaper, uh, I could see a case maybe for Travis Darno in oh, GPPs um, at 2,500. If, if Hedges is in the lineup, what about him? Yeah, Austin Hedges is fine. Uh, I think the the price is three thousand flat. Uh, I think the production last year at El Paso was league and park driven to a okay, large extent, yeah. but there is there is power in that bat. And okay. if you're going to get lucky with a kind of fringy tools uh, hitting catcher, Austin Hedges and Coors is the spot uh, to take that chance. So really, it just comes down to budget. If you can squeeze him in, but you can't afford Contreras, 
I don't know. I think you maybe go a little cheaper to, to Weeders, like you suggested, or but, uh, uh, to Darno, like at twenty five hundred. Yeah, Gar- at Garno. Oh, Darno. Sorry, uh, I was actually going to say Garno if he's in the lineup and you don't get to four other Rockies bats at twenty seven hundred. Uh, he's actually been a lot better against righties in his career than lefties, and uh, there's pretty high probability the guy there will be people on base for him when he gets to the plate. So it's worth thinking about. What are you going to do at first base today? First base, uh, ideally Will Myers. Like he's, it'd be good to get him in there. Uh, do you think he's he's going to be higher owned than Mark Reynolds? Right, fourth, they're equal price now. That's that's. Uh, I don't quite agree with that. Uh, you you made a compelling case on, on the radio uh, talking about Ryan Zimmerman's uh, altered swing this year and, and how it might be kind of a, a similar uh, pursuit in its training to what Daniel Murphy underwent, basically just like getting a higher trajectory uh, with the contact, which otherwise was very strong in terms of exit velocity. So uh, Ryan Zimmerman at 2800 makes some sense, especially if I guess you're uh, investing in weeders at, at catcher. Yeah, if you want to get a couple pieces of that Nats matchup, I think that's uh, certainly an option. He's faced Adam Wainwright 32 times if you're into the BVP thing. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not, but he's 10 for 32. He got a couple home runs against him, uh, 6Ks. He's never walked, so 313 average, 313 So we OBP, know he won't walk. It's impossible. But a 969 OPS. So yeah, yeah. The, uh, the BVP monsters are out of the closet, at least in And that in was when case. Wainwright was probably good. Right, and yeah. Wainwright's not the same guy anymore. So, yeah, Zimmerman at 2800 pretty high up on my list. Uh, Votto, if you can afford him at 3900 and want to steer away from Myers and Reynolds, that could be a, a nice way to go, too, uh, if Glass now blows up. The only but, problem with with Votto is uh, he will walk every single time he goes against uh, Glass now. He might steal some bases against him, too. I wonder if Tyler Glass now, being a big pitcher, if he's a bit slow to home plate, if teams can exploit that and possibly run, because the Reds are built for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, certainly. Oh, man, can can Votto really run like that though? Votto can run against the guy who's slow to the plate. Oh, okay. He'll pick his spots and, and get it. Done. All I know is in the show, you can't steal with him. <laughs> so it's. Uh, I guess I have to just uh, disagree with your uh, analysis. That is reality based. If you don't like Zimmerman, Lucas Duda's twenty six hundred. I think Eikhoff's Achilles heel can be the long ball. So uh, Duda kind of gets overlooked sometimes. Is a big power option at first base. He's priced very fairly at twenty six hundred. Uh, Tommy Joseph is like a throwaway play at two thousand, <laughs> but he's up against Degrom. I want to get him in a better matchup. I'm, I'm, the price yeah. is going to stay low unless he hits a bunch of bombs against good pitchers. But I love how cheap he is once the matchups get better. Dude, he was like, uh, I think he was 2100 on opening day. That's crazy. Yeah, or not opening day, the you know the, the main first opening day. Um, yeah, and Cesar Hernandez was like 2300 or something. I remember looking at that because they were going against, uh, what's his name, Feldman? And it was like, you could these guys are all minimum price and yeah the cesar has the leadoff homer of all people um but anyway uh, I, I think uh, the phillies are underpriced and i'm going to be watching them closely in, in upcoming slates but i don't really want to bother with them against degrom at all no even if you're not using degrom not really a spot to uh, slot in phillies in tonight's matchups uh, at second base daniel murphy leads the way at 3600 i ended up using dj lemayhew as part of my colorado exposure i have only two rockies going in my lineup a bit of a fade on coors not a full fade because you do want some exposure uh, my initial lineup doesn't have any padres in it we'll see if that changes between now and lineup lock but lemayhew at 3100 he's off to a slow start but if you're going to bank Automatic on him to turn things around i mean yeah. at home is the spot to do it 
Yeah, he's he's pretty automatic at home, obviously, and he's he's been better in just in general as a hitter than people expected a couple of years ago. Like he's he seems like he's just a good player most places, but exceptionally good at home. And yeah, man, he's he's going to get on base. He, I bet he, I, I can see him getting a steal just for or two, even just for how often I think he can get on base against Cozart, um, who I think he's walking like five per nine in his career. Um, so yeah, it's like glass now, but like five years older and never struck anyone out either. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go with LeMahieu if only because I'm so intrigued by Ryan Schimpf uh, going against a righty in Coors. Like I don't, th- that guy's small, but the power is so convincing. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd like his chances against Chatwood at 3,400, but otherwise LeMahieu for me, for the most part, Baez makes some sense. I think, uh, if he's, you know, in the lineup and getting, Getting a shot at Alex Wood is that's somebody he can he can hit out of the park. Yeah, Schimpf is, is pretty interesting. After hitting that opening day home run against Clayton Kershaw, he has collected just one hit in four starts since then. Yeah, he'll do that. Moving on to third base, Anthony Rendon looks like kind of the mid range guy that I like at three thousand. But for two hundred more, you can get Jan Hervis Salarte. So if you got the extra budget, I like the idea of getting uh, the Coors boost on Salarte today. You know, Justin Turner against lefties sometimes is a good way to go, but it's Lester, so uh, thirty two hundred is a fair price. But I'm not necessarily going after him. I feel like you need Arenado or Chris Bryant. It's kind of essential, uh, I think, in, in any lineup where you're not going with one of the top two pitchers, especially. But if you're going to pay up for DeGrom or you're going to pay up for Lester, you may not be able to squeeze in Arenado at 4900 I think Brian at 4300 is much more viable with the $600 difference. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're saving on a, a guy like Zimmerman and uh, what, what, uh, like at shortstop, if you go with Addison Russell, who's at 2700 or whatever, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's different combos you can put together to fit in. Yeah, but uh, in a vacuum at I like Arenado much more than Bryant, but $600 can add up, certainly. Uh, so third base for me, Rendon, Salarte, Bryant, in that order, kind of getting more expensive as we roll along. Uh, let's go over to the shortstop spot. Uh, if you can afford Trevor Story at 4000 absolutely do it. Trey Turner's got a hamstring injury. His status for tonight is a bit unclear as of this recording. Uh, you got Seager going up against the lefty at 3200 It's actually not a, a bad price for the contrarian mindset. He can hit lefties. Yeah, he can handle them, I think. And, you know, with, with the ownership rate's going to be low with Lester yeah. being that guy. Uh, Zach Cozart's only $3,000. i would kind of want to see where he's at in the lineup tonight if you're not going to buy into glass now at all. I think he's kind of a sneaky, useful player. I like him a little more in Cincinnati, though, with the home run potential being boosted up compared to a place like PNC. Uh, you go a little cheaper, though, and you have Addison Russell at 2700 I think he's going to be chalky, but I think he should be chalky, and I think in this case, the chalk can pay. Yeah, I mean, he, <clears throat> excuse me, I think he'll only really be chalky just as a function of, you know, Turner being hurt and shortstop not having that much anyway, because it's just, it's going to be split between Story <clears throat> and Russell. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to have Russell, but it seems like that would be kind of the objectively smart thing to do just in case Story somehow doesn't uh, do anything in this setting, although I'm pretty sure he will. If Trey Turner doesn't play, Stephen Drew is available. He's very cheap. Got power. He's 2,000. He's got a little bit of raw power. He gets that matchup against Wainwright and frees up that extra cash you might need to get the difference from Bryant to Arenado or to upgrade a different spot in your lineup. So if you're looking for a punt play, keep an eye on the status of Trey Turner because the $2,000 Stephen Drew 
uh, would open up a lot of flexibility. It's more, again, GPP only, I think, for me. Maybe there's some cash logic behind Drew because of what it does, but... I think he's low enough in the order where it's still more of a GPP. He'll be so lowly owned that it's yeah. I definitely think it's tournament only. I'm I'm just because I'm I'm infatuated with his minor stats. I I'll be watching a little bit to see if Defoe's in the lineup. I don't think I'll pick him even in my most belligerent uh, GPP lineups, but. I'll, I'll be watching that guy he's still an interesting prospect to me not that he's technically a prospect but whatever you know for a 45 second get to know your host segment which will probably never happen again have you ever been drunk when you set a dfs lineup um i think so i think it was college football though uh, and it was like a night slate um, uh, yeah okay so it was, yeah, yeah it was, it was, i was i remember setting something for like a boise state game that was at like 11 p.m or something you know that that kind of thing but maybe I should do it uh, with baseball, and I'd get better at it. It's worth a shot. Uh, Adam Wainwright against Stephen Drew. Uh, three for 22 for Drew. 7K is a 136 career average. Again, I don't buy into BVP, but there it is if you want to use that as a reason to play or fade Stephen Drew should uh, Trey Turner miss this game. Let's take a look in the outfield. If there's only one player in my lineup from the Rockies-Padres game, if the cap were one, Cargo at 3,900 would be that guy based on cost, based on matchup, based on just everything. And, and, and looking at the outfield, there, there, weren't, there weren't so many outfielders that I liked tonight where I felt like I was leaving something on the table playing a Colorado outfielder. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's tough to imagine not having Cargo in a lineup for me because it's, uh, his, his aggregate numbers always look so good. But when you, and whenever you look, and not that this is unique to him, but it's like, He's he's like a seven eighty OPS guy outside of Coors, isn't he? Like, and then at home he's like over a thousand. Um, sorry, I, I guess that number is a lot because like my I'm just bad at getting internet reception in here sometimes, and I just, I don't want to. The walls are metal. Don't want to wait for that like uh what like uh trying to connect to whatever thing just to have it say like a uh, timeout, and then I don't have the information anyway. Best to just guess uh like a like a reckless moron um but yeah i, I, I gotta go cargo because it's he's gonna get his averages to correct you know and in the grand slam that i think is going to happen uh high chance that it's him who does it yeah back-to-back seasons for cargo though with an ops right around 750 on the road ops above 950 at home in back-to-back season against so, righties at home Whew. yeah it's kind of everything coming together at once it's gonna happen eventually for cargo so i think you want to go ahead and keep building around him even though it's been a kind of a quiet start for him this year he's just uh four for his first 24 through six games seven k's no homers no steals but we're not expecting steals anyway only a matter of time for both Cargo and DJ LeMayhew. This was a great spot to actually uh, take that I chance. Think, I think, the, I mean, if I'm going to have to predict that the Rockies score more than eight runs in this. Like, I, I just think Cozart is, is a, he cannot play in this setting. He's not good, unfortunately. He, he needs to move to the bullpen. If he were in the bullpen, he could be a good reliever, but I just, it's not going to work for him. I mean, him I guess he is starter. a ground ball guy, but like, I don't know. Too many walks to go to Coors, just way too many walks. Yeah, way too many. Uh, Bryce Harper is in my initial glass now lineup, but nice. I couldn't couldn't find a way to squeeze him into any other lineups uh, on a night like tonight. Uh, but what are you doing in the outfield around cargo? What other pieces make a lot of sense? Uh, in the in the glass now lineup I made uh, because I can. I took Blackman, um, but he's forty five hundred, and and yeah, I'll, you like better car- uh, cargo in a vacuum, let alone uh, at six hundred less. 
Uh, but yeah, really like Renfro and Margot for for the Padres. I figure Margot will be kind of chalky because he's just been a beast lately. Um, and Renfro, though, I think is just as good of a play, maybe a little better. Um, he's he's got pretty v- convincing power so far in the majors, and he you know he's got some chance to steal perhaps. So uh, yeah, I mean I, th- I think um, I, th- I think I see that Coors game going something like eight to five, eight to six, something like that. So I, I definitely want to get exposure to to the Padres a little bit, and they got talented at uh, outfield eligible. Like you were saying, though, Jankowski doesn't have any power. So in a game where there might be like six homers, you're not so interested in the steal potential at three hundred or three thousand. Yeah, he's he's not really desirable. So he might be the lowest owned of the outfield. Oh yeah, he will this be. game. I think if you're only picking one, and they're all priced at three thousand, Renfro because he has the biggest power base yeah. in his skill set, he makes the most sense. Yeah, I like him the most, and I I would assume that uh you know as much as people who play DFS you know particularly baseball know that hot streaks end, still Margot is just so hot right now. I think it's, it's he's going to be the higher owned than Renfro, best as I can guess anyway. Uh, a bit cheaper tonight. I like Curtis Granderson. Fair amount. 2,600 yeah. going up against Eikhoff. Again, Eikhoff's a pitcher I generally like, uh, but if I'm not using him, I, I got to try to figure out what's going to go wrong for him. And I think and Granderson. The bullpen, so. And the bullpen, too. Philly's bullpen. Jim Mark Jim Gomez has been brutal so far. Uh, but with Granderson, there's always that big fly potential. And, and they've been using him more as a run producer so far, too, in, in part because. Uh, they of, moved him back in the order? Well, yeah, it's it's because of the presence of Reyes at the top. So oh, right, yeah. Different look than in, in past years. He I guess off. he's not as fast either. Granderson let off on, on Saturday, but Reyes has let off the other five games this season. Granderson's been hitting cleanup. He's hit fifth. Uh, and he got a day off, I believe, uh, yesterday, so he should be fresh coming into this matchup. Interesting that Michael Conforto played center field. So I guess that kind of puts a, a little bit of a, a wrinkle in there for Granderson not necessarily being an automatic everyday guy against righties uh, because it seems like the Mets are more comfortable with Conforto trying to figure out center field than with Cespedes trying like to play him. out there. Oh wait, okay, so it's a it's a it's a defense fit that dictates that. It's just that they don't really have anybody else that can play out there. I mean, I, even ideally at this point, Curtis Granderson is not a defensive center fielder either, but they they have to play him out there hmm. uh, by necessity. Any cheap outfielders that you like? Uh, below the three thousand guys in the in the Coors game. Yeah, I actually I, I just got so, I was swooning so hard about uh my glass now Rockies and Padres outfield that I forgot to look for cheap guys. Um, I don't know. I guess it's worth uh mentioning maybe not that he's cheap, but just so we don't miss him. If Blash is in the lineup, maybe yeah, Blash at Coors would also be in play too if they do uh, give him a spin. But um, you mentioned Gregory Polanco at twenty nine hundred. I definitely agreed with your assessment there because like he's not incompetent against lefties to begin with, and he might just walk anyway because Finnegan walks people and and yeah, the, it, a, a four or five inning game for Finnegan means he gets cracks at that bullpen later, which is which is when he could do a lot of damage too. So, um. Yeah, I, I like him. Uh, otherwise, not really much in like the truly cheap area. I guess maybe a guy like Cardulo, if he's in the lineup at uh, 2300 Coors, can't complain about that. Um, I don't know anything about him, but like his brief display in the minors was he at least showed some power. So if he's in, if he's in the lineup in a game that I think there's going to be like 12 or more runs, then 
I guess he objectively makes some sense at 2300 for a GPP lineup. Yeah, I would keep an eye on that lineup in case any of those backups get in for San Diego or Colorado tonight. Baseball fans, the wait is over. Baseball is back, which means FanDuel is back, and it's better than ever. It's fantasy baseball for everyday fans. New contests starting every day. No busted seasons. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and compete against other fans. New for this year are late swap contests. You can edit your players right up to the start time of their individual game. No more worrying about a late lineup scratch or a pop-up storm. Uh, Non-late swap contests are still available too if you prefer that older setup. And there's updated scoring as well. Quality starts have been added, uh, so your pitchers have more control over their own performance. You're not hunting wins quite the same way as before. Uh, It's been a good start to the year for me on FanDuel. Really had a couple good lineups last week. Made a couple mistakes too, but it's been fine overall. Have all the have all that fantasy baseball has to offer. FanDuel, be sports rich. Sign up today. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. We got a special offer for new users. Deposit today. You get a free six-month RotoWire subscription plus five free entries up to $50 in value to try a variety of sports on FanDuel. It's FanDuel.com slash RW. That's going to wrap things up for us on the Monday installment of the RotoWire DFS podcast. Joe and Todd are back with the Tuesday slate tomorrow.